0: Well, boys and girls, it's a whole lot of the same stuff, just with a couple extra little twists, you know. But before we get into it, um, really important thing that I'd like to uh, touch on with you real quick. As you uh, may or may not be aware, I've been uh, dabbling in the world of artificial intelligence, just seeing what's out there, and I um, found this little gem. Essentially, you can take words and turn it into music, so you can write. Pac Daddy Gangster Rap, the Lambo Leap Limbada, or in this case, a little ditty I like to call Rogers, Please Make a Decision. So, that pretty much sums up AI and where we're at with it. Anyways, let's do a little thing I like to do called... Let's slow roll this thing and cover the stuff you don't want to hear first. A little bit of Minnesota Vikings news. Actually, you are going to want to hear this article here, written by Adam Patrick over at uh, the Viking Age, I guess it's called. Daniel Jones probably just made Kirk Cousins a lot more expensive for the Vikings. Negotiations with Kirk Cousins likely just got a lot more difficult for Minnesota Vikings following the news on Tuesday that the New York Giants and Daniel Jones have agreed to a new four-year contract worth $160 million. That's an average annual salary of $40 million for a quarterback in Jones who hasn't thrown for more than 15 touchdowns in either of his last three seasons in the NFL. If you don't think Cousins has and his agent aren't going to attempt to get an extension from the Vikings that will pay him a higher average per year than Jones. You probably haven't been paying attention to each of Minnesota's quarterbacks previous contract negotiations in his career. So Cousins has kind of had the Minnesota Vikings wrapped around his finger for a while. This is new ownership, or not ownership, but leadership in Minnesota. So we'll see exactly how this all pans out. But the fact of the matter is, Kirk Cousins has been sitting there saying, listen, um, I want a fully guaranteed contract, or I'm walking. And they're like, well, we don't want to do that, So, but we can't really let you go, so what do you feel about like staying for not that? And he's like, no, I think I'll just take that. And so then they just keep giving it to him. Um, But since 2017, he has had fully guaranteed contracts with the Vikings. Now, 2017 was a franchise tag, but still, it's a fully guaranteed contract. After that was a three-year contract worth $84 million, fully guaranteed. And then he signed a two-year contract extension worth $66 million that was fully guaranteed. And so the Vikings are in a situation now where, you know, and, and this is the thing, a lot of Vikings fans really want to move on. The Vikings themselves maybe really want to move on, but this is a situation where you are going to get significantly worse. I know everybody likes to talk about the Green Bay Pack, oh, when when just wait till Rodgers leaves. Yeah, but at least we have some reason to believe that there's something waiting for us. There's nothing in Minnesota. You know for a fact you fall off a cliff, and there's nothing down there to catch you. So you're just completely dead in the water and have no prospects whatsoever of drafting a quarterback. And what are you going to do, pay somebody in free agency? How? Well, you mean somebody like Kirk Cousins? (laughs) Who? Who are you going to get? And this is why Kirk Cousins keeps getting the contracts that he wants to stay in Minnesota. And as much as it might seem easy to just say, well, why don't they just man up and let him walk and restart? They just hired a new GM and a new head coach. This is a first-time GM. These guys want to make sure that they have a good reputation and can keep their jobs for a really long time. The first year there, they got into the playoffs, being labeled as the biggest frauds in NFL history, and then got embarrassed in the playoffs. are probably going to have to gut their entire roster and now lose their quarterback. So what, they're going to end up with a top-five pick? Now, maybe... You can get lucky after, but if, if you're talking about a... You can call it last year a good year if you want, but it wasn't. You're talking two really bad years in a row in hopes that maybe you land a good quarterback and maybe in his second year, so you're talking about what? year? Th- what would that be? Four? Maybe by year four we have a football team? Do you think you're going to have a job that long? It's so much easier to just let Kirk Cousins stay, use the picks to try to build around him, and see if he can go in and win something. Again, We always think in terms of what's best for the team, but the guy that's going to make the decision ultimately, I mean, granted, the the owners are as well, but a guy with uh, a a lot of say and a lot of sway is the GM, and his biggest motivation is having a job. Anyways, um, moving on, we pretty much just got Packers stuff from here. Um, this is a little bit old, but again, we've had so much breaking Packers news. I haven't had a chance to talk about that or even the combine. We'll, we'll see if we have time for that today, but in the Murphy takes five thing or whatever it is, he has his little column. He talked about the idea, well, somebody wrote into him and he concurred and said that he has already talked to the league about it. The idea that, um, kind of getting behind the quarterback and pushing for a first down is something that should be eliminated from the game. And all I can think is, no. I don't understand why you would want to eliminate that from the game other than, I I mean, I guess it seems too easy, which hilariously somebody else pointed out to me, if it's an automatic play, why didn't we run it once? Did we ever see anybody get behind Aaron Rodgers and just push the guy? No. So, listen, if if, if it's automatic, why didn't everybody do it? maybe cuz they're stupid, I don't know. If it's because of potential injuries or whatever, if 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 point is if there's reasons, then it's not automatic. Then it's something you have to weigh out whether or not you want to do it, whether or not it's the right play. But beyond that, what I really 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 hate about the idea of banning it, this is this is very emblematic of of the kinds of things that you see just kind of permeate through society. We do something it has negative consequences. And instead of realizing that we're going in the wrong direction and maybe backtracking and doing something else, we just say that this this thing that has occurred naturally should be outlawed. What I'm talking about is, I think it was Dave Wanstead, when we were going back doing all the laughing at the enemy stuff, he talked about, you know, back in the day, they used to run drills. And, and by back in the day, I'm talking, what, 10, 15 years ago, they were goal line drills and it was all about pride. You would run these. It's low man wins. It was something that you practiced, and the fact of the matter is that nobody's practicing this anymore. Fear of injuries, on top of the fact that there's just limited time to do anything. They don't bother doing it. You you know, Wanstead was talking about back when we had you know two a days. You are out there for hours. You know, you could do a lot of different stuff, and the game was just different. It was whatever. And so we take that away. We make the game soft. And now guys can just waltz across the line because nobody knows how to win a scrimmage anymore. Because it's not practiced, it's not coached, it's not taught. And rather than saying, dang, this is a concept... And by the way, th- these things happen all the time. It's the natural flow of things. We, we see things all the time. You know, when the offense evolves and there's this thing that defenses can't seem to stop, what happens? The defenses evolve. So why don't we allow defenses to evolve? If you allow offenses to get automatic first downs if they're within three yards, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start practicing it. You're going to start bulking up. You're going to start changing things, and that's going to open up new things for the offense. Let this be a natural evolution of the game. Why do we have to constantly try to interfere and say, I don't like it, let's just jump in and, and manually go in and fix things? Let it fix itself. That's what you pay defensive coordinators for. Stop them from doing that. And maybe part of the problem is we've, we've you know, kind of enforced the... We've mandated that the NFL kind of be soft and we protect quarterbacks and we do all those things, so it's it becomes impossible. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think you can get bigger, stronger guys. You can train them. You can coach them. And they can win the line of scrimmage. I and mean, we've seen it happen. I've seen the Packers win at the goal line before, for crying out loud. You want to send your quarterback up the middle, fine. We're gonna send our linebacker Quay Walker is gonna come up at 100 miles an hour straight up the middle. You better hope like hell that he doesn't make contact with your quarterback, or he's done. Best of luck. You know what I mean? I just just let defenses handle it. I understand. Well, it's boring and it's just automatic. Okay, well, do something about it. Fix it. Win. Stop them. Is this what I mean? Is this what we're gonna do in the NFL when when somebody gets too good at something? We're just going to ban it? Like you know, after the Philly special, like oh, dude, that was crazy. That's a little too trip. We got to ban that. New rule: if the quarterback gives the ball away, he's no longer allowed to be an eligible receiver or anything. Like we 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 can't do that. That's 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 ridiculous. No, let the defenses plan for it. Let them prepare for it. Why in the world? This is such a terrible idea. The the, the game has already gotten way too. Now we're gonna take away. Teams saying, we're going to line up at the line of scrimmage, and we're just going to freaking push you out of our way. And rather than the defense stepping up and saying, like hell you will, Murphy wants to step in and go, boys, 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 calm down. Listen, listen, this is getting a little too heated. Let's just say you're not allowed to do that anymore. Why don't you go ahead and spread your wide receivers out on this fourth and inches, okay? Let's just keep it civil, guys. You, you want to go in shotgun, please? Could you just go in shotgun? Why don't you back up, at least pistol? Back up a little bit. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Back up. Tight ends. I, no more than one. All right? It's getting a little confrontational when you have so much size up there. I would really prefer if you would just spread out your wide receivers. If we could just, you know, not be physical with this game, that would be fantastic. I mean, come on. It's automatic. Okay? Then do something about it. You know, ban it. And by the way, if it's an automatic thing, you should be running it. You should be practicing it. Jordan Love, guess what we're working on? The two-hand cheek push. Ready? Dylan, grab two handfuls. Get pushing. As much as I think it's a bad idea to ban it, let's not also take away, I mean, somebody figured out how to automatically convert third and fourth and shorts? Sweet. Especially when we got a young, strong, physical quarterback with, with, with a little bit of pep in his step? Heck yeah. Let's get in there. I'll take auto first downs, man. Don't mess this up. So yeah, I, 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 like everything else, when there's initial thoughts, it's entirely possible somebody could say something that would illuminate things to make me completely change my mind. But these are my initial thoughts. Don't do not do that. Generally speaking, I don't like when we just immediately ban stuff. You're just going to create new problems. Let it work itself out. And you know what? If you did something that caused us to get to this point where there, you see a problem that was, again, caused by something you did... Maybe doing something else isn't the right solution. You know, I, I kick my dog in the ribs, and now he bites at me when I walk past him, so now I'm going to punch him in the head and see what that does. Okay, look, I feel like you're not getting it here, Chief. You're really not getting it. I don't kick my dog, by the way. I mean, don't get me wrong, I kick the crap out of him. I and mean, he gives it back, too. I'm all scratched up. up. He jacks me up, but uh, we have fun. He's a good dog. And he's he is pretty good, too. I was getting worried. It was a time when he was younger. You get him riled up, and he gets a little snippy. So then you play with the dog, and he starts nipping at the kids, and then you get in trouble. Now he kind of has that little thing in his brain, like, all right, I'm gonna bite this guy, and then I'm gonna turn to the little baby and just be like, you know, I'll just sit here and let her pit, pet me, and then I'm gonna turn around and bite this guy again. So he figured it out. It took him a while. Oh boy, where do we go from here? Um, beep, doop, ba, boop, beep, beep, beep. Aaron Jones uh, was on a show, talked about Aaron Rodgers, said uh, do the right thing, come back. Also talked about Jordan Love. How was a former NBA star arrested for a drive-by shooting? Why are you doing drive-by shootings? The Guy made almost $100 million from the NBA on top of his endorsement deals from Reebok and Pepsi and whoever else. And he's got nothing better to do on a Wednesday night than to do drive-by shootings in Tacoma, Washington? (sighs) Okay, all right. Fair enough. And nobody was injured, so I don't know what kind of a basketball player he was, but it seems to me he sucks at shooting. Anyways, back to Aaron Jones. I'll play the two clips. Uh, First, what he said about Aaron Rodgers, then what he said about Aaron, uh, excuse me, Jordan Love. I don't find it. Well, the Jordan Love thing is more interesting than I think the Aaron Rodgers thing, but we'll do both. Here is that first clip. Well, I'm
1: on national TV making my case. Yes. Uh, other than social media, I'm on national TV yeah. What's your case? What's your case? Come back, back to the Packers. We got everything we need. We're right pop. there. We didn't start off the way we wanted to last year, but we picked it up. You know, you're a huge part of that. Our leader. We got it going. Lost the last game uh to get into the playoffs, but we got everything we need. Let's let's get let's bring one back to Green Bay.
0: Let's go, Aaron. So um the 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 point of this is Guys, the New York Jets, Sauce Gardner and whatnot, have been advocating for Rodgers to come in. They've been talking on social media and whatnot, so he's like, i tell you what, I'll do it on national television. How about that for a pitch? Then there was this clip, which was more widely circulated. Uh, I don't know the backstory on this, but he wrote a little message on a whiteboard, and then this is what he said. Hello. You got it, I gotta do the right thing. Let's go. <laughs> Talk about it. I love it. Hey
1: Rod, you know you know where home is, man. You've been there for so long. You know you're a leader of our team, and we love to have you back. So just do the right thing, and come back home.
0: Many uh, many interpretations to what that is written on that border. Do the right thing. <laughs> Aaron Jones' laugh is so funny. T. So. Aaron Jones says that, and then after that, here's what he had to say about Jordan Love. I think everybody in Green Bay believes he's ready. Uh, he's made a huge jump
1: this, this past year. We got to see it in preseason and in practice, and as practice kept going on throughout the season, it just kept getting better, and you could see the confidence growing. And that's who, that's one of the things I just relayed to him, just go out there and play with that confidence and it'll show. And he started doing that. When he got in the games, he got his opportunities this year. He he played very well, uh, moved the ball very well. So I'm very excited for Jordan. Uh, he, he has a lot of energy, brings a lot of energy to the team as well, and guys buy into him as well. So same same way they do with A Rod, he's he's gotten time to learn from him, and so I'm just excited for Jordan. And whenever his time is, he, he'll be ready, and he, he's he's up next. He's
0: that guy. So it's it's a tough spot to be in if you're one of the players, and it makes sense why they would want to be quiet. You know, on one hand, you do have the Jets who are openly pleading for Rodgers and nobody in Green Bay is doing it. I mean, Aaron Jones just did, but prior to that or whatever. But you could understand why you wouldn't necessarily want to because anytime you praise one person, you seemingly are throwing the other under the bus, right? So Aaron Jones doing a good job of straddling the line there and just being like, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers? You you want him back? Oh, yeah, definitely want him back for sure, 100%. He's our guy. What do you think about Jordan Love? Oh yeah, 100%. He's ready. He's our guy whenever he's ready or whatever. So yeah, totally for sure, man. <laughs> it is a tough spot to be in. But that's why mostly it's it's not the most interesting thing in the world. It's nice to hear. I mean, I love to hear what he has to say about Jordan, just because, you know, we, we don't know. We haven't seen anything. I, I don't need anyone to tell me about Aaron Rodgers. I've been watching him for I don't know how long now we saw him play this entire past season. I'm more than capable of forming my own opinion of what I saw. Jordan, I don't know. So it's nice to hear. But again, at the same time, Aaron, especially Aaron Jones, of all people. I mean, everybody's going to be nice to everybody. You ask anybody on the Packers, you know, publicly, and they're going to say, okay, even Brian Gutekunst, who apparently behind closed doors is uh, completely tired of his, what was the phrasing again? Sick of him or something? I don't remember. Disgusted, I think it was. But you even ask him publicly, and he's like, oh, yeah, Aaron's great. He's he's such a good football player and all that stuff. He's done so much for the franchise, blah, blah, blah. But Aaron Jones, dude, nicest guy in the world. Um, anyways, besides that, there's been a little bit of talk about um, trades. A lot of talk about trades and what it could look like. This That's pretty much every single thing else that I want to talk about involves an Aaron Rodgers trade, so we'll just kind of go down the line here. First of all, there was a report... I think. Let me pull it up. Make sure I got this right. This is via PackRats92 uh, or 922 on on the Twitters. Per Rob Domofsky, Savage is a player the Packers would consider trading in a Rodgers deal if they're trying to offload his 7.9 million dollars salary that's guaranteed under his fifth year option. Apparently, that's on ESPN somewhere. I don't feel like looking it up. But so all of a sudden, and and it's interesting because it's like, well, wait a minute. Why are we giving up more? I thought it was just a matter of you know, you give us stuff or whatever. But it, it works kind of similar t- to the contract situation, right? I, don't, I mean, I don't know what, if it's just a straight-up trade for Aaron Rodgers, what do we get? Let's say it's a second-round pick. Okay, but if the Packers eat some of the money, maybe it'll be a first. Or maybe it's a first, and if they eat some of the money, it's a first and a second, or a next year's second or something, you know? I I don't know, but, but you can kind of add to it. What do you get if you package Savage and Rodgers? If I package Savage and Rodgers, would you maybe consider bumping it up to that first-round pick if we give you Savage? And look, I'm sure there's a lot of different options, but the, the bottom line is, sounds like that's at least on the table, unlike some other things. And that kind of brings us to the rest of this, which is, what else is on the table? Now, to be clear, that would take his entire... Not only do we does he go over there, but all of his money goes over there as well. So, it's almost... I mean, he, what is it, like $8 million or something like that? A little under $8 million that we're going to pay for him, I think. And I think our salary cap goes up about $9 million if we trade Rodgers, so that almost wipes all that out. And then there comes this little tidbit, and somebody had called in yesterday at Packernet After Dark and proposed this. I don't know if it's because they saw it or great minds think alike or maybe Tom's listening to the podcast. I don't know. But he says, just a thought, what are the chances Rodgers would want to trade left tackle David Bakhtiari to be part of the Packers deal to the Jets. It's curious his deal hasn't been reworked when all the others have been done for a while. It would shave $5 million off of Green Bay's cap if he were traded before the 17th. That's pretty much verbatim what we talked about yesterday. Um, the, the, the fact that it hasn't been done, which is weird. Obviously, Rodgers would want it. I think it could bring significantly more value to the Green Bay Packers, even though the contract is pretty big. So it wouldn't be, like, maximal. You know, again, it's it's not what you would get for David Bakhtiari in his prime, healthy, with no contract. We're talking multiple first-round picks. We're talking about a guy that came off a of major injury, 31 years old, and has a really hefty contract, I think. Maybe it wasn't that bad, actually, now that I think about it. But it would be interesting. And that honestly really got me thinking as I was working through today. I was working on some of those um, doopety doopty, what do we call them, scouting reports for the sub-stack. And one of the ones that I did that's going to be coming out uh, today, I think, Broderick Jones, is I was looking at some of these tackles. And it was funny because in the scouting report, I'll give some of it away, there's two different sections. There's a part that says the different uh, different scouts or whatever, the, these uh, online tape grinders, all the different comps that they've given out. Then there's a section called My Comp. And uh, a little behind the curtain here, My Comp is an AI-generated comp. Let me read you what it says. I think Broderick Jones compares well to David Bakhtiari of the Green Bay Packers. They have similar height and weight. Bakhtiari is listed at 6'4", 3'10". And both are elite pass protectors who can handle any type of rusher with their athleticism and technique. They both struggle a bit with run blocking but have improved over time. They both have durability concerns as well. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to uh, a comp than that, but... I'll put that up with the other ones, which are Trent Williams, Andrew Whitworth, and Tyron Smith. These are the comps that were handed out by um, other people online doing their own scouting reports. And so I spent a little time watching the guy, and I don't know, I mean, he's no David Bakhtiari, at least not yet, but the sheer size of this guy, his arms, my goodness, he envelops people. Anyways, I just found it interesting and a thought in terms of something that could be done for the Green Bay Packers. If indeed they did decide to go this route, they could end up getting probably some pretty significant compensation and use some of that compensation to get a tackle of the future. And then one of the suggestions I saw about somebody coming back the other way, uh, this is an article written by, who wrote this stupid thing? I don't know, heavy.com. It says, Aaron Rodgers' trade proposal sends disgruntled wide receiver to the Packers. And the conversation about is about Elijah Moore. Talks a little bit about uh, his tumultuous relationship. It says, Moore and the Jets have been dealing with a tumultuous relationship over the past year. Second-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, Moore was expected to be a key contributor in the New York offense with Zach Wilson under center. Instead, Wilson was benched, and Moore uh, have a negligible, had a, I'm guessing, Negligible impact for the Jets in 2022, catching only 37 passes for 446 yards and one touchdown. Things turned sour for the two parties when Moore requested a trade at the deadline, sharing that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Additional details that were released revealed a disgruntled and frustrated young player that had a profane outburst at Jets offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. That's probably not a real good sign for Matt LaFleur bringing him on. But I will say, it's not the worst option in the world this is this is by the way i mentioned makai beckton was another guy that um just wasn't really getting along with the coaching staff out there but this is somebody that is an extremely talented wide receiver that just doesn't want to be a jet now maybe he would want to be a jet if aaron Rodgers was there but he doesn't want to be there and they don't want him there packers need wide receiver help now there's obviously some diva issues with this guy and obviously the fact that he uh, oh tyler brooke wrote the article The fact that it was Matt LaFleur's brother that he blew up at and told him to go F yourself isn't going to bode super well, but I definitely think it's worth at least somewhat exploring that. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break right here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about some trade possibilities and whatnot on the other end of this, as well as a lot of talk about the compensation coming back to the Packers, which, you know, like everything else, everything's up and down and up and down and up and down. And at this point, it's definitely down. We'll touch on all that after the break. So one of the um, the other possibilities that was brought up I saw here um, is could the Packers potentially trade Yash Nyman? Now, Yash is not currently under contract. And the way that this could potentially work is that they could tender him. There's some different tenders that you can use. But the question that's floating around out there is if they used a second-round tender on him, which would cost them $4.3 million. It's a, it's a $4.3 million contract contract. But essentially what it does, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't really want to look it up, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works, is a team could come along and say, we are willing to trade you a second round pick. uh, Or it's not even willing to trade. it's They can um, essentially buy him for a second round pick. The only thing is they would have to come in and offer him a contract, and the Packers would have the ability to either match that contract. So somebody came in and said, we'll offer you $5 million. And he accepts then it goes to the Packers to say, are you willing to match the $5 million, yes or no? And if the Packers say no, then the team that wants him would give him the $5 million and the Packers would get a second round pick in return. Now, I personally think it's a little outlandish to think that somebody would spend that kind of compensation. However, if there is one of even 31 other teams out there that watched Josh Nyman and said, this dude is a legit right tackle, is a second round pick that big of a deal for a, for a solution at right tackle i'm not talking about a band-aid i'm talking about like we think that this could be our guy again i really don't think so but it's certainly worth exploring something else i was wondering about and i don't know if this has ever really been done but in in an effort to um use cap dollars to acquire uh draft capital what if a team like the packers who are already in contract negotiations with the jets and said, you know, we we're, we really want to maximize the amount of draft capital we get. And they're like, well, we don't really want to give you that much for Rodgers. And they're like, well, what if we do some package, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, they end up coming to a conclusion that the Packers give Yash Nyman a contract. He agrees to the contract, he signs on the dotted line, and then they trade him. And the way that it would work is that they would structure the contract in a way that works for both parties, but the Packers would eat a significant portion of that contract, which is not going to be a big contract, and then the rest would go over to the Jets and so what they essentially did is rather than just letting him hit the market which works for the Jets too because if he hits the market there's no guarantee that he ends up making it to the Jets but the Jets could obviously just go out and pay for him themselves why do they need the the Packers to do it again what the Packers are doing is number 1 securing that he absolutely gets to the Jets because if it's a trade it's a trade but number 2 they're eating they're paying some of the 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 contract of one of your players so in a sense it's like I'm giving you money for some of your draft picks I don't know if it's a thing, but I think it should be a thing. Unfortunately, the Packers don't have a lot of cap space anyways to be doing that kind of stuff, but it's interesting to think about, I suppose. Speaking of cap space, before we get uh, too far into the Aaron Rodgers compensation, I wanted to grab this. These are six different moves that can be done by the Green Bay Packers. I'm trying to figure out who wrote this, but I can never find the name. Anyways. The article is from Dairyland Express. Six-move Packers can still make to save $23 million on the 2023 salary cap. It says um, they still have six levers they can pull to create an additional $23 million on their 23 salary cap, if they so desire. Max void restructure Pat O'Donnell would save about a half a million dollars. Max void restructure John Runyon would save about 1.4. Max void restructure Devondre Campbell, $2.628 million. Extend Rashawn Gary could save about three million. Max Void restructure Razul Douglas 3.3 million. And then the big one is David Bakhtiari, 12 million. So that's that's kind of the reason why the Bakhtiari thing is is so strange, I guess. Because all pretty much all the big ones are done. Aside from extend Rashawn Gary, but that's not really a big cap savings. They can run that out all the way to the start of the season or However, long they want to take to, to get that done and get it done right. Hopefully, the sooner the better, but it's not going to be a massive, it's not like we have to get it done because we need the money. There's nothing really here that needs to be done that's going to be massive for us to be able to save money. It's all David Bakhtiari. This is the one that has to get done. But then, if it doesn't get done, and if there were a trade, then, you know, again, you save the five and you've got another three, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11 ish million dollars maybe that you can free up on top of that, probably won't. And these are max restructures, but you don't have to do the max. But anyways, there, there are some pretty big things that need to happen pretty rapidly. I mean, there's the Aaron Rodgers thing and the David Bakhtiari thing that are just kind of sitting there. And not even, you know, again, even David Bakhtiari, the Rashawn Gary is the man's name. That isn't going to bail us out. There isn't really a plan B. Like, well, we can't get a thing going with David Bakhtiari, so we'll just go with this. There is no other thing. All the other things combined don't even add up to what David Bakhtiari can give us in terms of cap relief. So I don't know exactly how much more the Packers are going to look to give up. I don't know exactly how much this impacts the Aaron Rodgers thing. It may be a a pretty big hang-up in terms of we can't really do it until we get some kind of a commitment from Bakhtiari. I don't know. But um, all this stuff definitely needs to get taken care of. Anyways, the final two things I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, No particular order, I suppose, There is uh, this tweet that says, Juicy Nugget from Mike Garafolo, who said, The Packers aren't asking for an offer they can't refuse from the Jets for quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Let's get as fair of compensation as we can. Just move on and turn this thing over to Jordan Love. Here is that clip. Great compensation, but uh, look... uh, the fact that the Packers are letting Aaron Rodgers talk to other teams pretty much tells you that they're okay with him moving on. It's not a situation like, well, you're going to have to give us an offer that we can't refuse. No, it's going to be something where let's get as fair of compensation as we can to just move on and turn this thing over to Jordan Love in Green Bay. Uh, And the Jets have already had uh, communication with the Packers even before Rodgers uh, said that he would like to speak to the Jets. So that surely has come up along the way. I don't think there's going to be Uh, enough roadblocks along the way to stop this thing if rogers decides that that's where he wants to be so my first issue with this and and the beginning part of this is cut off it sounds to me as though he's inferring and is not really reporting he's basically saying it seems obvious by the fact that they're already letting him talk that they're not going to come around and say you know now we need a haul which i think is kind of stupid to infer because here's the thing, it's already been essentially reported, and, and again, this is probably inferred to, but for, for good reason. If they're talking, it's because compensation has largely been hammered out. Now, again, that may not entirely be true, because this is a unique situation, but if compensation is hired out, then it's entirely possible that the Packers did ask for blood money. It's not the right phrase, but it felt right at the time. They asked for a massive haul, and the Jets agreed to it, and Now they're proceeding with uh, Rodgers talking to the Jets. So I don't really understand how you can come and and say that, well, because they're already talking, I can't imagine that the Packers are... Because because that's essentially what he said, right? The quote was, the fact that the Packers are letting him talk to other teams pretty much tells you that they're okay with him moving on. And then he says, you know, it's not a situation where, well, you're going to have to give us an offer we can't refuse. So this is all just, again, this is where people get all upset, like, oh, you're saying it's fake news because you don't believe anything the media said. No, it's, come on, man, try to keep up here. There's a difference between a report and somebody who's saying this is what makes the most sense to me. So to be clear, this Mike Garofolo thing is not anything that he heard. This is not the Packers are reportedly not asking for massive compensation. This is, based on all the information I have, I can't see how it would make sense that the Packers are asking for a haul. And maybe that's true, and if you find his case to be convincing, that's fine. I'm just letting everybody know he is not claiming to have any information. But that report was coupled with an Albert Breer report. And see, And this is where things get really crazy, because usually what happens is there's major news. And whenever there's major news, everybody's attention comes in. And When everybody's attention comes in, that's when guys go out and have to create something because that's when massive, you know, there's a feeding frenzy. So you really got to sift through what's real and what's nonsense. Why a Jets trade package for Aaron Rodgers might not include their first round pick. Here is where this thing starts off here. This is a, apparently a Q&A from a Twitter thing or whatever. Uh, Robert Dalton 02 says, what would a Jets trade package for Aaron Rodgers look like? And he says, Robert, let's say this year's second rounder, 43rd, and a conditional 2025 pick that'll ride on how well Rodgers plays and whether he plays in 2024. I might be wrong, but based on what I know, I don't think the Jets will have to give up this year's first round pick. Now, the question is, what does that mean? Whether that's been stated or whether that was inferred is is kind of hidden. We don't know. We know that he's, you know, kind of deducing that from something. I just don't know if it's from like really good like really good sources have said, or if it's just, you know, based on conversations I've had with other GMs who are like, I wouldn't give a first, which isn't worth nothing, but it's it's good to know where this is coming from. Next question. Will New York Jets have to trade number 13? He says, Sean, I don't think so. And there's a valuable lesson in that. In the end, it may not even cost the Jets first round pick to get Aaron Rodgers. When you trade a player that trade isn't simply the player's skill level at the time of the deal. It's about his contract. It's about his age. It's about the number of teams that are interested. It's In this case, those things are working against Green Bay's GM, Brian Gutekunst. Now, all those things are true, and I've said that a thousand times. It's the player minus the contract. And yeah, age and all that stuff also uh, plays a factor. And yeah, I think the fact that there's basically no other team seemingly in the market right now probably also hurts the Packers. And by the way, the Garofolo thing. In terms of the Packers not looking for a haul, just looking for a way to get, I i don't even think that that's untrue. I think that that makes perfectly good, because I think the Packers do want to move on. Why would they try to bleed the Jets? You know, If the Jets are like, hey, I'll give you a second and a conditional whatever, are they going to say, nope, no deal, sorry. Rogers"? what are you doing? You coming back or you retiring? Because you're not going to the Jets. No deal. No, they're going to take what they can get from whoever they can get it from. So... Listen, I, I think all this makes perfectly good sense. I think it's entirely possible we don't get 13. I think it's entirely possible we do because there's, there's on one hand, sort of a desperation for the Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I think that's more important than the compensation. Um, but at the same time, there's also a desperation with the Jets, who have made all these grand proclamations about getting a veteran quarterback, getting the right guy. I mean, you hired frickin' Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, this is you're, 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 the chips are in the middle, and the Packers have to know that. And so you got two desperate people and it's a matter of who's, who's going who's gonna to cave first. You know, it's kind of like when you walk on a car lot, you don't want to look desperate for a car, but let's just say you really, really, really are and you make it very obvious to the salesman, that salesman's got you. But what about this? What if the salesman was given an ultimatum? You sell a car by the end of the day or you're fired. Well, now we're in a tough spot. Because let's just say all those chips are in the table. Like you know for a fact as a salesman that I am beyond desperate for this car. I've been looking everywhere for it. I have all the money in cash and more. I'm ready to rock and roll. My wife, my kids, everybody—they're all here. They're—they're over the moon for this car. They want it desperately. Dad, don't you dare mess this up. Make sure you get this car. But I still want to haggle. And this guy knows he doesn't have to haggle for nothing because I'm going to pay in full for this thing. However, if he's wrong. And if I do decide, you know what, out of pride or ego or whatever, I'm going to walk away, he could lose his job. So paying full price and paying for all the little extras and goodies and upgrades is on the table. That's an option. Because, you know, he tells you that "That family over there, they're really interested. So I kind of need an answer right now. Pull that old move. But you know what else is on the table? That salesman dropping the price through the floor to be able to save his job. I really do think you have two desperate teams. I think the Jets are probably more desperate because at the end of the day, the Packers also have a little card in the back pocket that's called, we don't need to trade him to move on to Jordan Love. I mean, we'd love some compensation, but I'm not going to grovel to you. If we refuse to trade him, we could either ship him off to another team or we could just tell him no and he can go ahead and retire and you get stuck with nothing. I'm not desperate enough to make you look, to let you make me look like an idiot. Conditional third round pick or something crazy. No, he can just go ahead and retire. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. It's getting late over here. Um, Would like to dive into the combine a little bit as per usual, but, you know, it is what it is. You guys have yourselves a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.